Welcome to Miss Education of Mom Soul Care Podcast. I'm your host, Mohawk Mama. I am privileged and delighted to invite you to a hospitable place where we look at our nurturing and our rest from an eternal perspective. We nurture and rest because of Christ. And we're not just nurturing biological children, we're nurturing others into the love of Jesus. Our rest is a rest from the inside out. Well, welcome back, and thank you for joining uh, episode two of our second season of Miseducation of Mom Soul Care Podcast. I'm glad to be hosting this this moment, because it is just a moment that we will have to decelerate together and to notice and to reorient so that we can posture ourselves as Um, cooperative recipients of grace and gracious recipients of grace and so if you're joining me for the first time I want to welcome you and I want to also direct your attention to the mini devotional guide that is made available each time we begin to Uh, burrow ourselves in a holiday so that we're not propelled through it. And you can find that uh, PDF online. And um, you just need to go to mohawkmamastudio.com and you'll find a place um, as you scroll down on the homepage where it has the cover of the devotional and it has all of the spring holidays, the holy days, Purim, Easter, and you just click on that covers. Um... And then it'll navigate you to where you need to go to download um, not only this week's, but last week's um, look at a passage using Lectio Divina. I won't go into details about Lent or Lectio Divina or the other spring holy days because it'll take up time. So going to that mini devotional and referring to it will be a great guide for you. And of course, feel free to explore uh, online on my website more about Lectio Divina. There's a a page specially um, designed for that. Are you slowing down? How is your soul? For me, I am slowing down in this change of the time with daylight savings time so my body knows that um, an hour has just kind of shifted so I'm slowing down from being accustomed to it being typically an hour later than it is now so breathe in deeply 
and allow yourself to lean into the one that knows best how to navigate your 80 mile per hour life. And even if your miles are not quite that high, he knows how to slow you down to a rest where you can hear. So now let's turn our attention to listen. If you do have the guide already, um, then great. I will refer to it. And if you don't, it's okay. You won't get lost. I want us to remember that during this time of Lent, there are overlapping Jewish feast days, festivals, holidays. And these are the Lord's days that we're looking at because it's all His. Every day is His. And so what we want to do is in this sacred rhythm on the Christian calendar um, that we allow ourselves to take in this passage in Luke 22, verse 19. We're going to stay on verse 19 for a little longer. And we're going to apply it even to this time of Purim, even though it's not directly related to the book of Esther at all. But let's go ahead and just proceed forward in our attention to the matter of Lectio Divina and slowing down ourselves. Feel free to turn to Luke 22, verse 19. And what we'll do is we'll slowly and gently savor as I read, and then we'll meditate, and we'll take the word or phrase into ourselves, and really notice what the Spirit of God is pointing out, and then we'll speak to God. Whatever it is that surfaces up, that's what we'll speak to Him about, and then we will rest in His embrace. We will not continue to strive for understanding or application, we will rest in his embrace. And what we'll do in that rest is allow him to guide us. Reading Luke 22, verse 19. Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them. I mentioned last episode that the them is referring to those who are with Jesus. That's who took the loaf, Jesus. Now let's reread it. And this time, really center yourself. Even if you're distracted, bring that distraction into this time of Lectio Divina. And let it be part of offering yourself up. Here's our second reading. Then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them. Now meditate. Really ponder. Look closely at a word or phrase or a sequence. 
Let it just continue to incessantly grab your attention. Don't try to take on too much of the passage. Bring it down to a word. Bring it down to just a few words. What is it symbolizing? What is it reminding you of? Keep mulling it over. And in Lectio Divina, the movements are not like steps. It's more like the flowing of a river. It's going to move in the direction of the wind. And let's consider the wind, the Holy Spirit himself. So, let's speak to God. Let's chat with our friend, our, our Savior, Jesus. Let's ask him in this moment. Let's maybe just give him the day's cares in this moment. As you speak to him, it is well within reason to speak to him about something that may seem off topic of this passage. That is okay. Speak to him. The conversation is one that he looks forward to. He will reveal much to you just in the manner of the conversation. You're not estranged because you're earnestly attached. And as you're speaking to him, I want you to consider Purim. The topic of Purim, because this is the weekend that Purim is celebrated on the Jewish calendar. And Purim is related to a woman that we know by the name of Esther. So although we're not reading the book of Esther, I really encourage you to do that this weekend or sometime soon. Because the things I'm going to refer to will be coming straight from the book of Esther. And I want to apply them to the sequence that we see in Luke 22, verse 19. Look at the sequence in the verbs. Took. Given thanks broke, gave. Look at all four of those movements that Jesus engaged in and begin to see that as a, a template, as it were, in your life and even in your own Bible reading. You don't have to force the template. You can just begin to notice. Just like Jesus took something he took a loaf of bread and he gave thanks for it. There was gratitude. But instead of keeping the bread whole, he, he bruised it. He broke it. But it wasn't just for destructive 
purposes as one might think when you think of bruising or dividing something up. No, it's really about a beautiful multiplication. It's about sharing in fellowship. It is about a communal act. And then he gave it. He, he shared it. It was a gift. Nobody had to work for it or earn it. And so when we apply this to Purim, we'll see that in Esther's story, there was this sequence. If you just look closely, if you're not familiar with it, some of this may elude you, but in essence, when we see this sequence playing out in Esther, I just looked at it from the vantage point of Mordecai. Because Mordecai is Esther's cousin. And Mordecai took Esther. Her Hebrew name was Hadassah. He took her after his family was taken into exile into a foreign country. He adopted her. We don't know exactly what happened to her parents. But family was what she knew in Mordecai. And then Mordecai, as you go along in reading the text, there's a, an encounter that he has with Esther. She's already become the queen, and she has a very influential status. And there's something absolutely disastrous about to occur with the Jewish people, which of course, you know, Esther and Mordecai are both Jews, but he had asked her to hide that fact in her growing up in exile, so she was not to let anyone know her nationality. There was a lot of fear around that. We can relate to hiding, can't we? When we think that whatever could be known could jeopardize us, and this was that. And so there's this encounter Mordecai has later on after she's become queen. No one knows she's a Jewish woman. And now they're in trouble and he's asking her to do something about it, to get involved. And initially she is basically so frightened, so absolutely terrified that the answer is just no, it's, I can't. I will have to be silent in, in so many words. I can't do this. And Mordecai engages her again, and he makes sure she understands the implication that her silence will also be very unfavorable for her. She will not be able to hide her nationality for long, and so it's time for her to reveal her nationality, her identity, her ethnic identity. And as he pleaded with her, she realized she couldn't be silent. And there's a transformation happening in her. That her beauty, that seemingly was what got her to that status of queen, was really about something else. It was about her connection, her earnest connection, with the transformation that would call upon her to be brave. And so she did, in her scaredy class, um, scaredy cat place <laughs> uh, of life at this time. She she was brave. 
And so she told Mordecai what she needed from him and the other Jews in that particular city in Susa, which was the capital of Persia. This is where the king resided. And part of that was, you know, hey, I can't do this alone. I'm going to need to fast and pray. So you, Mordecai, make sure that the others in the kingdom, the other Jewish people, fast and pray for me and my servants as I wrestle how I'm going to even come about navigating this heavy, heavy burden. She needed time in prayer. She needed to bathe in prayer. She needed to know the connection that she had with an affectionate, wise God to carry out this absolutely devastating aspect of life that could happen to her and her people. And so in the giving thanks, I see Mordecai carrying out her directives. You know, he he's resolved that she is going to be providentially postured to carry out this intervention. Of course, God was doing the work, but it seems as if he's hidden. But Mordecai gives thanks as he follows her directives, gets the community involved. And this is also part of the breaking. He gives thanks in that going out, knowing that she has heeded to his appeal And how does he multiply this? He goes and he shares this with the community of other Jewish people. And this communal act is bringing everyone into this earnest attachment of fellowship and prayer. And if you're wondering, okay, well, how does him giving to them fit this template? Well, it's also in that That statement where it says in chapter 4, verse 17, particularly of Esther, is that he carried out her directives. So in that, he's, of course, grateful. He's going to make sure this fasting and prayer multiplies amongst them there in Susa, in the city. And he gives this gift of, really, synergy, working together with Esther and bringing others into that work. We're earthen vessels, and we're prone to breakage, and we're so fragile. And when God opens a gateway to his love in the hard places, we must have community. Consider that. Now, rest. Rest in knowing that in our reading in Luke, And in our looking at Esther, that there is an embrace. And what Jesus takes, he then gives thanks for. And what he gives thanks for, he breaks. And what he breaks, he shares and gives it to those who are with him who want what he has. It's unforced. It's unearned. It is grace. Let's rest in grace. That's the embrace. So now, 
as we close, how has your past week shaped your reading or listening of this passage in Luke 22, as well as just how this template of a sequence is placed over Esther's life, specifically affecting her relationship with Mordecai? How will this passage shape your perspective this coming week? I want you to contemplate that in this embrace. How will the passage shape you, your perspective? Not how will you implement or how will you be more productive? That's fruit. Fruit comes from being rooted. Rooted and attached to the life source. Jesus is life-giving and we are, you are a life receiver. So rest in love, the source of all the life that flows through you. And as we come to this place where we, we part ways until we come again, I want us to take Jesus up on his invitation and his command to come to me. All who are weary, come. And so with that, let us work from that place of love and not for it. Thank you for joining me in this second episode in season two. I have enjoyed our time and I hope that you've allowed for the presence of love himself to come in and ambush you with his affection. Shalom. Hey there mamas. Around these parts we invite and we encourage you to engage in the necessity of Sabbath rhythms. And these Sabbath rhythms are tied into your, your calendar. And so they are daily diversions, weekly withdrawals, monthly moments, and annual abandonments. So to learn more about Sabbath rhythms and to join the Miss Education of Mom community, visit mohawkmamastudio.com slash miseducationofmom. You'll automatically receive the Sabbath rhythms updates and exclusives. And you'll just continue to stay um, abreast of the things that are happening with Mohawk Mama Studio encouraging you to work from a place of rest and to savor life and the life of Christ from a place of rest.